Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Listen to Less. I'm really excited about today's episode because it's a little bit different than topics that we've talked about in the past. Um, we're still going to keep it on the topic of female health and women womanhood, but a little bit different than just like going on and on about liver and hormones and all of the nitty gritty. So today we're going to talk about menstrual care products. And I have the founder of the company Ruby Cup, Amaya on with us today. So welcome Amaya. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. All righty. So like I said, you're the founder of Ruby Cup. So let's just jump into what is like, can you tell me a little bit about Ruby Cup? And there's a ton of menstrual hair product companies out there. So can you, for mm -hmm. people listening that maybe have never heard of Ruby Cup, can you tell us like a little bit about it, what your mission is, all of that good stuff? Of course. I love that question. So um, Ruby Cup was founded in 2011. Okay. And the first actual Ruby cup, which is a menstrual cup made of medical grade silicone, um, arrived to our warehouse in 2012. Uh, for those that uh, haven't come across uh, menstrual cups, menstrual cups are usually made of uh, medical grade silicone, which is um, a material that has been used uh, in intimate health, implants and so on for a long time. So we know it's safe. And other brands also have other materials, but I will say most of the cups are made of uh, menstrual, uh, sorry, medical grade silicone. And the amazing thing about menstrual cups is that they can be reused for up to 10 years. So when oh, wow. you buy a Ruby cup, you are getting a product that is going to last you for 10 years which means you're going to save tons of money, but also mm -hmm. going to save the environment from tons of plastic. So it's really great. What makes Ruby Cup special, I think, I believe, is that for every single cup we sell, we donate another one to a person who is um, suffering uh, period poverty. So basically, over the last decade, we have, we have sold a bunch of cups, but we have donated 150,000 cups Wow. Um, in Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, the US, the UK, Spain, to people that were otherwise struggling with period poverty and they were suffering from the from the stress every month of not knowing how to how to manage their their blood flow basically. Yeah. Can you touch on cuz I've never I mean it makes sense but that period poverty is not something I've ever really thought about. Mm. Can you touch on a little bit more of like what what is that? I'm so I'm so glad you asked this because I think there are so many things and themes intertwined here. Like period poverty in itself is um, is a situation where a person is menstruating and they can't access products usually because they don't have the money to, mm -hmm. to get products. Um, but it's also lack of access to information on menstruation. And the fact that menstruation is so stigmatized, that's why we don't know period poverty, because we don't talk about periods. Mm -hmm. That's why. So when one person is lacking access to products because they cannot buy them, and people often say, oh, you can buy like a cheaper brown for $1 a pack or whatever. Well, not everyone can access the huge supermarket where they sell it at $1. Right. Um, that's one thing. Another issue is that if you don't have access to information on menstruation, you may not know how to look after yourself during your period mm -hmm. you have. 
you have pain and maybe you don't have money to buy painkillers or you don't know how to get the information to take painkillers you're afraid of what's happening to your body is is are those blood clots normal aren't they sorry are you are you hearing a dog in there <laughs> I'm really yeah sorry. it's okay it's okay yeah, just keep um, going <laughs> yeah so um I mean, the lack of information might make you feel really worried about what's happening in your body, embarrassed and ashamed because no one talks about it. And very often it's in, in a way of it's like, oh, periods, ugh, period blood, ugh. You know, I always go to the example that if you are in a school and talking to 13-year-olds, like no person, boy or girl, is going to be embarrassed if they play football and they scratch their knee and they have blood in their jeans on their knee. But mm -hmm. if someone gets blood, period blood stains in their in their in their pants or their jeans, it's like the end of days. So that's a that good also period poverty is a stigma, is shame, is lack of knowledge, as well as lack of products. Okay. That's a good point. And you're right. It's just blood. Like whether it be from a scratch on your knee or your period, it's the same thing. Why are yeah. we so ashamed of it? I never thought about it like that, but that's so true. And I also really like that you guys donate period cups because of what you just said. Like you can keep that for up to 10 years. So it's not like you're giving somebody a pack of five tampons that, okay, what do they do next month? It's something that they can keep and they can keep reusing for 10 years. So that's really cool. I think that's an awesome mission. I really like that. Um, so oh, back in 2011, 2012, when you first started the company, what was the mission behind that? Well, uh, the mission was, it has always been that no one should be left behind because of the period. Okay. Because what happens, like, so imagine that you are, like, when we first launched um, our programs, we're based in Kenya, in Nairobi. I was based in Nairobi for, like, six years. So we're working mainly with the schoolgirls. And, mm. and in Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda, and I went to many of the projects we run with our partner NGOs in um, in Kenya. And I mean, basically, I mean, what happens is that you, we, we knew that there were these girls that they didn't have anything to manage their period, which was resulting on them not going to a school when they had their period, staying home. Mm -hmm. And that meant that they were missing a school three to five days a month, meaning that they were falling more and more and more behind. And in many parts of the world, it's already a huge struggle for girls to stay in a school because, you know, due to, you know, the bad things happen by yeah. happen because of patriarchy means that many families will prioritize keeping the boys in a school rather than the girls. The girls yeah. were staying behind to help with the smaller kids and cleaning and working and so on. So if you add to that, they're missing a school every month, it meant they were more likely to fall behind. Mm -hmm. um, not having money for pads and not having information about sexual health very often resulted into them um, falling pregnant because they were having relationships in with, with boys or men in exchange of money or pads or food um, because they didn't have money for pads, they were having sex for pads, but also they didn't know why, how you can get pregnant. So they were not making the best decisions for themselves. Yeah. So basically we saw that, you know, also if they were in a school, but they had, you know, they didn't have like proper products. They're using like rugs or old socks or newspapers 
they don't have any confidence in a school. They want to get up and say, I know the answer to that very difficult algebra question because they were embarrassed in case they sold their clothes or something. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I, I spoke to so many girls that unfortunately they were, they saw themselves forced to reuse disposable pads. So kind of like imagine a disposable pad that yeah. should go in the bin after one use and trying to wash that and reuse it oh. because the glue completely disappears. These girls were rightly quite afraid the pad was going to fall to the floor. So, you know, it was like lack of access to education, not taking the best choice when it came to their sexual health and reproductive health, um, lack of confidence, a stigma, shame. There were so many things that you could tackle by giving all these school girls a ruby cap and then a thing we're very proud of, we have a really, if I say so myself, a really fantastic curriculum um, on menstrual health and menstrual education. So we'll go through it with the girls and play games and teach them all their bodies, how it works, the whole cycle, remove the stigma, explain to them there's nothing dirty or, or diseased or nasty or period blood, and basically try to put them in a place where they were like, this is my period, now I have a tool, I have this little cup, that means mm -hmm. I can't manage it safely every month. Mm -hmm. And I'm done for 10 years. And that's where we wanted to get to make sure that no, <clears throat> no, no one is left behind because they have a appeared every month. Excuse me. <clears throat> You're good. Yeah. I love that. That is, it's just very like profound. It's nothing. And I think here in the U.S., we're very fortunate to not have to like see a lot of that depending on where you live. At least in my lifetime, I haven't really seen a lot of that. And so this is like very eye-opening for me to hear about because I didn't, I've never thought about these things going on. Um, but that just like, I'm so excited to learn about it. And I love the mission behind it. That's so cool. I love it. Thanks. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit more about like, cups versus um pads or tampons and get into that because I think I had I did ask on my Instagram if listeners had questions and I know when we get into this side of the talk they're going to be more like okay this pertains to me so let's get into that so I want to talk a little bit about like the sustainability of cups versus mm -hmm. tampons and pads obviously you mentioned that a cup you can use for 10 years we all know that tampons and pads are one use. And then sometimes you're going through four or five of them a day, depending on how heavy mm. your flow is. So can you talk to the sustainability and like maybe the environment with the difference between the two? Of course. Um, so there are many different figures flying around on how many pads or tampons a person uses on their menstruating lifetime, so to speak. But I think if you talk about... Um, 12,000, we're actually on the more conservative side. I've seen oh, wow. 16,000, 18,000. So if you think of um, the energy, the water, uh, you know, the plastic use on each one of them. And then um, I think is Friends of the Earth, uh, it's an NGO. I think they published that the average um, menstrual pad contains as much plastic as four plastic bags. Oh, this of course depends because you also have organic cotton uh, pads. Right. Not all disposables are made equal, so mm -hmm. to speak. But you talk about your average supermarket brand, they have so much plastic and it's 12,000 units they're going to use. And that means 
the outer packaging, which is very often cardboard, which is good. Then the outer packaging, which is plastic. Mm -hmm. I think if you're using tampons with applicator, which I'm very curious, I don't know if they in the US they are more popular with or without applicator. In Spain, definitely most people use them with an applicator. Yeah. So that's 12,000 bits of plastic. Yeah. That, and the most popular is the plastic applicators. There's some with the cardboard. But those, it just in conversation with friends, every the reaction to a cardboard applicator is like, oh, that that sucks. I want the plastic one. So people gravitate more towards the plastic yeah. applicators. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and of course, as I said, not all um, disposal products are made equal. Now you have many choices with organic, uh, organic cotton, and some are like hard compostable and so on. But also those are quite expensive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having like a green period can become quite a elitist issue. Yeah. Um, whereas if you use a cup, that cup is made of um, most times medical red silicone. And we're going to need a max of four in your whole menstruating lifetime. Mm -hmm. So if you put on the one side, 12,000 tampons of pads, many of which end up in our oceans. Mm -hmm. I know everyone hates thinking about this, but this is true. Like in many places, people are still like think, oh, tampon down the toilet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the impact is huge for um, disposable products, whereas uh, cups are, I'll say with confidence, the most sustainable product available because you only need four for your whole lifetime. Yeah. So it, it makes a huge difference. It does. And one person I'm, is trying to be more sustainable, switching to a reusable menstrual product is a very fast way of getting there. Right. And sustainable for the environment, but also trying to save, like um, the economy is doing its thing right now. And it's uh, like, everyone is struggling financially. So a, a cup, and I don't know, what is the price of your Ruby cup? I think in US dollars is about 29 or 30 US dollars at the moment. Okay. So we'll yeah. round up to 30. So it's a one-time purchase of $30. A I, I've been using a cup for two years now, so I don't really remember the cost of a box of tampons. Yeah. But I'm going to say probably somewhere around like 15 to 25 bucks, depending on the brand, yeah. for a box of tampons that you're going to have to buy probably every two to three months versus yeah. paying that price for 10 years. So yeah. financially it saves you the consumer a lot of money as well. And then they're also saving, helping the planet out by using something that is reusable um, and more eco-friendly than disposable things that we're flushing, which I don't even think we're supposed to be flushing them. I think we're supposed to be no. putting them in the trash, but most of us flush them yeah. and then it's getting into our oceans. Yeah. Yeah. Also I think is, for me, it was the freedom. I remember the first, I started using, I mean, to be completely honest, like when I only started using menstrual cups when I joined uh, Ruby Cup uh, more than 10 years ago. And um, basically I started using it and then I went on holiday and I had my period and I was like, man, like if, if I didn't have my cup, I'll have to go and buy and find a pharmacy Mm -hmm. Because depending where you are, you know, I lived in Nairobi for six years, very often in holiday destinations, you have to take like a motorbike ride to the pharmacy, the supermarket, it wasn't like a, a, a shop across the road. 
And there was definitely not a huge choice of brands if you were a bit precious over this brand or the other. And just knowing that I had this tiny bag in my handbag that will look after me my whole holiday. I have to be like lagging around tampons and pads and the, you go to the bathroom with a wrapper and this. I mean, once you experience that period freedom, it's really difficult to consider having to carry stuff and buy stuff and find the stuff again. So yeah. in that way, I think it's sustainable for, I mean, many of us nowadays want to travel and be free and, you know, digital nomads and so on and so on. To know that wherever you go in the world, you have your product, which is mm -hmm. safe and sustainable and won't leave anything behind, not in your body, not in your holiday destination. It's with you, comes with you, lives with you. I think that freedom is something that you don't think about mm -hmm. until you experience it. Yes. And that goes into my next topic that I want to talk about is like, what are the perks besides like the sustainability um, mm -hmm. that women should consider trying a menstrual cup versus pads or tampons? And something I want to bring up, which you would probably bring up too, is just how long you can wear them. Because Absolutely. that was the biggest thing for me. The fact, like, I forget that sometimes I forget I'm even on my period because I'm like, <laughs> I, you put it in in the morning and you can wear it for up to 12 hours and then you change it before you go to bed. So it's like in the morning before I go to bed, those are the only two times I'm changing it versus when I would wear a, um, I never really wore pads, but when I would wear tampons, it was like, I was so afraid of toxic shock that even if I didn't have heavy flow, I was like, okay, every six to like eight hours is the max you're supposed to wear one. And so every six hours I'd set a timer because I didn't want to go to the max. And then it's like, I was trying to compute my day with when I had to change my tampon. I know. I know. And also like, I mean, I hope this doesn't come across like rude or anything, but when you have a tampon that is not full and you have to take it out, like a dry tampon, my friend says it's like licking an wooden spoon. It's just unpleasant. Oh, I don't yeah, want like, that. <laughs> that I, I know what that. Oh, yeah. It's like I remember when I was younger, there was a brand of tampons that you could buy a box, and they were like five um, high absorbency, five medium, three yeah. mini, or whatever. But of course, it was never exactly what you needed for your own period. Mm -hmm. And I just had the feeling of having to remove a tampon that was really dry and how I'm it hurts. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. It, it is equivalent to licking a wooden spoon. Like it just feels dry. It hurts. And it's just not comfortable at all. Yeah, to like, uh, the uh, moment. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, one thing with uh, period products, which I find really interesting is that uh, maybe a listener will, will correct me, but I don't think there is a single country that forces the period product companies to disclaim their ingredients. Like the actual composition total composition of the product uh, unless it has changed very very recently but um i mean it may be something like cotton and na, 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 but yeah. it's not really clear what's in there um, because it's also period products are considered medical devices in some countries and not others it's a bit you know uh, yeah a, a bit flowy let's say but you don't i mean like we do know that many uh many uh products many disposable products contain plastic Mm -hmm. is bleached cotton and they have um some chemicals i'm not saying these chemicals are poisonous but our vaginas are quite delicate and some people i mean it doesn't agree with them like they feel mm -hmm. um irritated in the in the case of past the bulbs get irritated or they feel like itchy with the tampons and so on and 
I mean, of course, toxic shock syndrome, but I think many, many of us have been using products that we didn't feel 100% comfortable with. Um, because, I mean, for example, so with tampons, they, they are like, they suck all the moisture inside your vagina, including yeah. the fluids that keep it healthy. So for many, it's quite a struggle to not, to not feel uh, very dry or, or feeling like a candida and so on from using tampons. I'm not saying it's super dangerous, but for many, it's not ideal. Um, right. It's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. And, and for so many, I mean, for decades, um, we have felt it's something you had to put up with because this was in the market. I have to manage my flow every month and this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you switch to a reusable product, like as I said, like most menstrual cups, Rubica for sure, are made of medical grade silicone and nothing else. That's it. Okay. They're anti-allergic. So you know exactly what you're putting in your body. And mm-hmm. because the cup is not absorbing your flow, it's just collecting it. Yeah. There is no chemical reaction. For example, the thing of oh, the period blood smells. No, your blood does not smell unless you have an infection. Mm-hmm. What it smells and by the way, this is also not the end of the world, is that chemical reaction between the cotton that has been bleached and the blood, and if you are sweating, that's what it smells. Yeah. So when you use a cup, there is no smell because there is no chemical reaction between the product collecting the, the blood and the actual blood or um, right. menstrual flow. So, I mean, there are a few things here, but one is that you might feel that it's kinder to your body to use a reusable product simply because you know what it's made of and it's not interacting so much mm-hmm. with the um, delicate environment of your vagina. Um, so that's something to consider if you are quite conscious yeah. about this or you feel that um, traditional pros don't work so well for you, that you're going to be menstruating for about 40 years. It's completely worth it to try and test different products to find the one that works best for you, 100%. Yeah. I agree. And then, yeah, for... Um, for people that prefer not to use products that go inside the vagina, like, of course, you have the traditional pads, but, I mean, there are some really lovely bamboo, uh, reusable bamboo pads you can use. Uh, period underwear has developed incredibly in the last five to seven years. So there are so many options out there that can work much better for you and your body. Definitely, it's, it's worth to to explore a bit. Yeah. A few things that like popped into my mind while you were kind of talking about that. There was a study that just, it recently came out and I'm not going to quote it exactly because I don't remember the specifics of it, but it was talking about, or like the basis of the study was basically seeing how well tampons actually absorb blood because they, a lot of the trials and like when you put it in a thing of water, it looks like it does wonders of absorbing liquid, but when they actually used it, I don't think they used it on menstrual blood, which we know menstrual blood is not just blood. There's tissue and water and other stuff making up that, but they used it on other, I think it just venous blood uh, that wasn't menstrual blood. Um, (laughs) Yes. And it absorbed the poorest out of all of the liquids that they like, it's Mm -hmm. not actually absorbing blood very well. And that's why when you pull out a tampon, if you like look at that before you discard it, you see a lot of like things just sitting on the outside of it. And Mm -hmm. it's not actually, it doesn't expand. Like when you put it in 
water, it expands out. That's why when you take a tampon out, it's never actually expanded. There's nothing on the inside of it. It's just kind of collecting to the outside and sitting there. So they're actually starting to do studies to prove that tampons are not actually that great for absorbing menstrual blood to begin with. And so that's also leads into what you were saying, where it can be potentially a higher risk for infections or just discomfort, itchiness, dryness, because it's not really doing what it's designed to do. It's just kind of blocking. That is so spot on because I mean, so many of us also have like blood clots in our period Mm -hmm. menstrual flow, which is completely normal. Of course, like a tampon can't absorb that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be quite alarming. I mean, this is becoming really, really graphic, but if you take a tampon and they're like blood clots stuck to it, it can be quite alarming. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, everyone should use whatever works best for them as what's most aligned with the lifestyle and their values and and everything. It's just that I feel that for so long, there were, there were only two products. Mm -hmm. Um, and and we just live with them and and they are not what works best for everyone. So just take if you can um try also reusables, try other things because I mean five days every month, if you had to use anything else 24-7 for five days every month for 40 years, you put so much care into finding out what works best for you. Mm-hmm. And here we are once again because of period of stigma. We don't talk about this. We don't yeah. raise our voice. We don't say things. Just quietly go into the supermarket and buy what we have always bought, and and it's fine. But there's another way, which is to say five days, twenty four seven, five days every month for forty years. Hmm. Well, I deserve yeah. to be as comfortable as possible. For yes. <laughs> A hundred percent, especially because we're still required to work and live our lives. We don't get to just lay on the couch during that time. <laughs> right. So- I, uh, of course, it's also the thing, right? With all these like uh, all these cool like tampon uh, tampon uh, adverts. I don't know if they do them anymore. I hope not. Where it's like, oh, I'm on my period. I'm wearing like white hot pants and doing cartwheels and surfing, and then you were like feeling like crap in the sofa, feeling so yes. bad. You didn't look like the gorgeous model in her hot pants and whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember like the Playtex sport commercials and she's like playing tennis in her white uniform. And I'm like, that's not real. No one's <sighs> doing that. No one feels like that when they're on their period. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, goodness. Yes. So uh, before I do want to touch more about period underwear, but before we jump mm-hmm. to that, I just want to say one last thing because I did have sure. some people and I know that there was, um, so you're in Spain here. I don't know how things are with, um, like the regulations on ingredients there, but here it's not great. It's not great. Um, and recently some very big organic brands of tampons, it was like a big thing all over TikTok and the internet women realizing that there was like titanium dioxide in the tampons of this organic brand. So everyone's freaking out and they're like, Oh, there's what, what brands can I use? And if you're somebody that's listening, that is like in this position and you haven't tried a menstrual cup, I would really recommend just trying it, just try it once because like we've kind of talked about plastics and ingredients, companies can change their ingredients without disclosing that. And they can change that and you would never know it. And you just always are going to run the risk of like what is in this tampon versus a menstrual cup. 
especially with Ruby cup, we know what's in it. It's not changing. And once you buy one, you don't have to keep wondering every time you purchase, did they change their ingredients? So if you are worried about ingredients, I would definitely try going with a cup, at least just to try it and see if it works for you. And I think once you get the hang of it, you're going to be really happy with that. Um, um, I like to just add um, that, and I should have mentioned earlier as well, why people should try Ruby cup. We have a four month money back guarantee. So from the day you receive your cup, you have 120 days to try your cup. And if it doesn't that. work for you, send it back. We'll refine you, no questions asked. Or if you say, oh, it's fine, or I think I should switch sizes, we'll switch sizes for you for free. I love that. Because we also, I mean, we know most people really, I mean, to be honest, we have run so many surveys amongst our lovely, lovely Ruby Cup users. And we know that most people do really love it. And we don't want the fear of wasting inverted commas, $30 to put them off. So try mm -hmm. it. And if it doesn't work for you, we'll, it will refund you. It's, it's, you know, it's a safe bet, let's say. Yes, I love that. I love that. So let's transition to period underwear. Mm -hmm. I got my package from you guys last night. Yay. So I have it. <laughs> and I just, I actually just ended my period like two days ago. So I didn't get a chance to use them this time. So I will next month, but I will say I'm a little nervous about it. So let's talk about period underwear. And I have some questions for you. Go. Okay. Is when you wear the period underwear, is that, do I not have to wear anything else? You do not. Okay. So for period underwear, in a way, it's a bit like with pads and tampons in that there are different absorbances. You're okay. going to have like, I mean, I think one tampon has 12 ml more or less our free sorry free fleet <laughs> free flow um period underwear uh flow freedom sorry i got a bit stuck there flow freedom period underwear range has 50 ml capacity okay. of absorption so it's quite high so mm -hmm. as you see like the pants are like a bit higher on the waist and they're quite sturdy but this yeah. means that you can wear them and nothing else because for a long time, all the period pants I saw, they were more like something for light days or for backup if you're wearing a tampon or a cap or something to wear if you are using the hormonal IUD mm -hmm. as a contraceptive method, in which case your period can be very, very, very light. But I struggled to find period pants that I could just wear and go. Okay. Yes. Our flow freedom period underwear is 50 ml. It's like three, four tampons uh, worth of absorption power, so to speak. Yeah. And I, I I have to say, I have worn them to the gym. I was brave, <laughs> put my period pants, I put my legs, I went to the gym to my body class. <laughs> and yes, you don't have to wear anything else. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then, okay, so I have never really worn pads because I felt like pads were kind of like uncomfortable. They felt like wet mm -hmm. while I was wearing it. Yeah does that does it feel that way or does it kind of absorb it so i'm not feeling wet the whole time i'm wearing it i completely see where you come from because i must say only six or seven years ago when i tried period panties it felt a bit like a pad i was like okay yeah, mm, yeah. it was like i don't the experience not the same but now technology has really really evolved so you don't feel wet you feel dry you feel comfy okay, okay. Yeah. when i was like looking at them i was like okay they do look very absorbent and yeah. like you said, more sturdy. So I, I think that it would have not, it's not like, 
the way I see it pads, I think a lot of times the blood is sitting on top and I feel like just looking at the underwear, it looks like it would absorb more of it versus just sitting on top. Yeah. I mean, the technology is amazing. Like, um, this technology here is that the blood goes in, but it doesn't go out. Yeah. But now, for example, we're also um, looking and testing like um, swimwear for periods. Oh. Where actually, because I was like, how do you stop the blood from coming out with the water and so on? It does work as well. But yes, the technology is that the blood goes inside the layers. So you don't feel wet, but it doesn't go out the other side. So it doesn't stain your clothes. Got it. And also because that. it goes all the way up to the back. Um, you might have seen the absorbent part, which is black. And it's not like when you see it suddenly splotch, the blood goes somewhere else. Yeah. 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 That's part I did. I was like, when I pulled it out, I was like, oh, these are a little bit high-waisted. But I think that would be better because if they were like, my regular low-waisted undies that I wear to like sleep in, they'd probably not do the job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's about you feeling also like well hold and secure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, this uh, uh, this range is very like hardcore in that way, it has a sort of absor- absorption, is very uh, sturdy and it goes all the way to the back. There are other panties that are more for lighter days, less absorption, maybe like a sexier cut or something. Oh yeah, something to have something that anyone could wear because mm-hmm. it's very nice to wear some light absorption panties on your light day but do you really want to spend like 20 or 30 bucks on something that you're going to wear like one day the whole month who wanted right. something like that because the ones that have more absorption you can use on light days and heavy days if right. you want but the ones that are only for light days you are a bit stuck if suddenly you four days as light as, as light as it used to be for example got it Okay. What is the proper, how do I clean them? Okay. Uh, this is also very interesting because people feel that people, including me until very recently, feel like, oh my God, blood, what is the bleach? No, no, right. no. All you, have to do, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It's yeah. All blood. yeah. <laughs> what you have to do is uh, just rinse them, rinse them in cold water Okay. first, and then you can just hand wash them with cold, lukewarm water and some soft soap. You can't okay. see this freeze them very well. Or you can wash them in the washing machine at, I'll say, 30 degrees max in terms of temperature. If okay. you wash them in very hot water, nothing is going to happen. And nothing's going to happen to you. And they're not going to disintegrate. But that absorption that makes them, make you feel so dry, wears over time. And if you wash them in very hot water, very often it's going to like get worn over faster. And you want to look after your panties by yes, rinsing them in the sink with cold water, if need a bit of soap, hang them dry, or you can wash them in the washing machine at a lower temperature and just hang them dry. You don't have to use any special soap or anything like that. Can I, once I rinse them, can I wash them with other clothes or should I wash them alone in the washer? With your clothes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and- the, the rinsing them is mainly too, because you'll see then that when you rinse yeah. them in, in cold Most water, cold water. water, the blood will come out in the sink. Yeah. Um, and then you put them in the normal wash. Or okay. if they are not very dirty, you can just hang them. Um, that said, just so you know, more than once I have forgotten to rinse them. And I okay. put them with all the blood in the washing machine. 
and it wasn't like a horror movie. I don't I don't know okay. what happened in the washing machine, but it's not like all my clothes came out red or anything like that. Okay. But yeah, the best practice is never wash them in too hot water because that's going to shorten the lifespan. And just like rinse them in cold water and then a bit of soap, hang them dry, or if you want, put them in the in the wash with the rest of your clothes. They don't have to be okay. washed. And then hang dry? Hang dry, yeah. Hang dry. Okay, cool. Alrighty. I'm excited to use them next month. They are really comfy, you'll see. I'm excited. Yeah. I should just put them on just to like try them just, or just to like see what they feel like. Um, Okay. So we've kind of talked about a lot of the things that I have here on my list for you. So what makes Ruby cup menstrual products, whether it's your cup or your uh, period panties better than other menstrual cups, cup brands out there? Cause I know there's a lot out there right now. Well, um, when it comes to the cup, as I said, like we do a buy one, give one. So every time you buy a cup, you're giving someone who's struggling to manage their period every month to have stress-free periods for 10 years. But something I'm very proud of, to be honest with this program, is, is two additional things. One is that with every cup we donate, we deliver an educational workshop. We don't go somewhere and give the girls and the women a cup each and then go no we talk to them about how to use the cup was a menstruation menstrual health um how to be mindful of the menstruation we try to destigmatize as much as possible and then we follow up and support them how we collect data we you know for example something we do is if we go to a school say in uganda and we deliver 100 menstrual cups to 14 year old girls we give the cups we deliver the information and one or two months after we'll go back to ask how they're getting on. We're going to support them because we know it can take a couple of months to get the hang of using a menstrual cup to anyone. But also if you are someone that doesn't have any access to the internet, so you mm-hmm. can go on YouTube and watch videos and so on, it can be harder. So we go back and we support um, the people that have uh, taken part into the project. And then we go and answer the questions. And then after another three to six months, we go again to see how many they're actually using the cup. And that way, we always say there is no impact with no accountability. If we can't hold ourselves accountable that we're being sustainable and truthful and honest uh, in our distribution, then there's no point. We have to make sure that we're doing it in a way that is really addressing the issue. If we are delivering cups in a way that they end up not being used or the people using them, they do it feeling they don't want to, then we're failing. Mm-hmm. And if we're failing, we need to know so we can correct it. Yeah. So to that end, I do think, as far as I know, we are, I don't know if the only, only company, but the only one I know of that does these follow-ups, that collects this data, that publishes when something doesn't work. In our latest impact report, we did have a section, what didn't work, which programs didn't work, and why, and how mm-hmm. we corrected. And I'm very proud of that because I think it's very important to mm-hmm. hold yourself accountable. And then for the period panties, we don't do buy one, give one for the period panties, but what we do is, um, for logistical reasons mainly, but what we do is uh, 2% of all proceeds go uh, to funding a, a nursery in Kisumu in Kenya, mm-hmm. where our partner, Golden Girls Foundation, um, runs this learning center 
both so the kids have a lovely place to start learning and playing and they are super well looked after, but also so the mothers can go to work and be financially mm-hmm. independent. So I think this is super important. Once again, you you, you have to make it, it's a flow, it's, it's a cycle and a circle to make sure that people have the opportunity to look after themselves. So yeah. I really love this project as well. So I, I think these two things should make many people choose Rubik up or our period underwear over other products. A hundred percent. I I hope it does too, but you've got me. You've got me hey. on your side. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, before we wrap up, let's ask some questions that did come in through my Instagram that people submitted Ooh. to ask you. Go, go, go. Um, so what the first one was, what ingredients do you, does someone want to stay away from in menstrual products? I think, um, if you want to look after your vagina and you should look after your vagina, always look for unbleached products. Unbleached. Like check, okay. Yeah. Check that the cotton in the pad or the cotton in the, in the tampon is not bleached okay. because I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that is something that can be really drying for mm. your vagina. Yeah. And then um, we still don't know enough about forever plastics, yeah. uh, PFAs, but they are being found in more and more period products. Um, we do, we do um, externally audit our products to make sure they are safe. But, you know, the, the fewer ingredients you put in your vagina, the better, and avoid bleach. And if you can stay away from anything plastic, that's also better. Yeah. But also and- you will know, maybe there is the most perfect product with the fewest ingredients doesn't work for you, listen to your body. But yes, you know, have a little check and see if you can have an alternative that is a bit more wholesome for you. Yeah. And for those listening and for the person that asked this, I do believe titanium dioxide is used in the US, um, which I'm pretty sure titanium dioxide is banned in other countries, but um, it's used here for bleaching Hmm, products. So if you're look at your label, if it is listed and it does have titanium dioxide, that would be something to avoid if you want to not have bleached products. Another tip I, I discovered very recently, and I'm not, I'm not, it is not like a, an affiliate or anything, but there are a number of apps you can use mm-hmm. uh, to check your food and health and cosmetic products. And it gives you like a rundown of all the ingredients and which ones have been found to be hazardous and which not. Sometimes when I run these apps and I see the stuff in like face creams I'm like how is it legal everything is a red 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 dangerous but this is what it is so you know we don't all have to become like expert chemists but there are so many tools out there now so you can have a quick check and see and there is nearly always something more suitable for you out there in the national yeah. supermarket yeah the apps here I know think dirty and ewg are two of the big ones for products I feel like there's another one that's gaining more popularity, but I can't, I'll have to put, look that up and put that in the show notes, but those are the two that we definitely have here to use. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Do period cups or menstrual cups stretch you out? Like, do they stretch your vagina out? This question comes up so often. So thanks. Does it? (laughs) Thanks. Lovely person asking this. Okay. I do see how 
it might fail that, you know, like um, compared to a tampon, like a cup is quite big. But I have to think that your, um, your vagina is very elastic. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I know it sounds like a cliche, but a baby can come out of your vagina and your vagina does not stay baby shaped. Right. Um, <laughs> imagine uh, and uh, also like you know if you're having like um you're having sex uh, vaginally like a penis is is much bigger than a cup and also doesn't stretch you out so no right. it does not stretch you stretch you out at all it's also like i mean it's difficult to explain without touching it but it's really really soft silicone that you and when you fold it to, to put it inside when you fold it to put it inside your vagina is nearly as small as a tampon and then mm-hmm. you insert it carefully and it just opens in the space it has it doesn't like boom yes <laughs> yeah. but it's a very good question it comes up a lot and it really does not uh, i think we have a number of blog posts on our on our website on this okay. because it's such a you know a silly important question and i think maybe some youtube videos so check them out for all the science behind but do not be afraid of that it won't happen yeah and I can attest, I've been using it for like two years. I'm not stretched out. So we're good. <laughs> I'm saying 11 years, all good. <laughs> yes. Um, another really good question, which this is something I didn't personally think of, but then I've had multiple people say this is why they're scared to use one, mm-hmm. um, is the suction that a cup like d- has, can that lead to vaginal prolapse? Well, this comes up a lot as well. I mean, um, no, because with a cup, with ruby cup, they are ruby cup now. I don't know if all the cups have the same, but it's such a valid question. So basically, um, ruby cup has around the rim, just below the rim of the cup, it has some tiny holes. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this for? Okay, so you're going to re- uh, remove your cup. You're going to pinch the base of the cup, and that is going to break the suction and get air through the holes so the cup comes out smoothly. Not yeah. the suction is broken, so to speak, thanks yeah. to those little holes. Um, so there, there won't be any like you know, <laughs> suction <laughs> that could no, but it's it's true. I mean, like uh, I, know, that's just funny. <laughs> I am not sure I'm really I really don't feel that it's likely that even if you didn't break the suction and you took the cup out with pure force, which I do not recommend. I did that the first time I used it. Do not be a Maya. Read instructions. Don't be a Maya. Read instructions properly and take your cup out by breaking the suction by pinching the face. Yes. And I think even if you did that, which I have done, I very much thought that could cause a prolapse, but that is not how you take a menstrual cup out. We have to get rid of the idea that the stem of the cup is like the little uh, cord from the tampon, because with the tampon yeah. you just pull, right? So right. I think psychologically we say, oh, a stem is like you just pull. No, don't just pull. It's, it's going to be very uncomfy if you do that. Pinch the stem mm-hmm. and then the suction will break and it will come out smoothly. And as I said, I think even if you took it out by pure force, I very much doubt that'll be enough to cause a right. prolapse. But yeah. very good question. And just to like add to that, prolapse usually happens for one of two reasons: whether there's a pelvic floor dysfunction that's happening before you even started using a menstrual cup, or um, 
lack of estrogen. If you have very low estrogen levels that can decrease the elasticity that can decrease, that can cause vaginal dryness, which that paired with pelvic floor dysfunction can then lead to prolapse. Usually later on in life, it's not something that you like in your younger years, pre childbearing years, you would have to worry about if, if you did use a menstrual cup and you then also had prolapse, you most likely had one of those two things going on. And it just so happened to be that you used a menstrual cup while those other issues were present. Um, not that it was the menstrual cups fault. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do have one more question, listener question, but I want to, I think that what we just talked about is really good for people that are like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy the Ruby cup. I'm going to try it. Obviously they should probably watch like a video or read the instructions, but do we want to walk through how to insert and take one out properly? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that would be helpful just to like, cause I know it can be, it is a little bit more messy. Like you're yeah. getting more And when I say that, like, you're getting more comfortable with yourself, it's not as just like you put a pad in and then you don't touch anything you may, you know, so let's just help people to feel a little bit more comfortable with that. idea. Yeah. I mean, it's completely natural to feel a bit freaked out about being so, so close to your blood. Um, But once again, you have to, to, you, you may want to question yourself, like, why do I find my vagina blood so freaky when I will yeah. the same if I cut my knee or something? But okay, you the first thing you have to do is you wash your hands, which is you know an obvious one. Um, always worth remembering as we all live so fast and we rush through so many things. So wash your hands and take the cup, and the first thing you do is fold it. There are many ways of folding it, but I think um, the one that many people find easiest is to just fold it in half in a U shape. Yeah, I'm trying to like think of what I do. (laughs) Yeah. I pinch it together and then fold it. So yeah, it makes a U. That's what I I do. Yeah, yeah. Or you can take one side and fold it and make it more like a wonton shape. (laughs) Yes, yeah. But either or, I think there are like seven ways to do it. I think I only know like three or use three, but you know, check the, the ways of folding it. But I think folding in half works for most people also because it makes it opening inside your body much easier, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Once again, everybody's different. So then um, you put it, um, once it's folded, you insert it slowly and softly inside your vagina until you feel it pop open. Now, okay. again, something many people do, and when I say many people, I mean, I did the first time I used it. <laughs> and usually tampons go much higher than cups. So I took the cup, I kind of like rammed it on the way up as if it were a tampon. And it was fine, I could take it out, but it was quite high up. And okay. then to take it out, it was a bit more difficult. Just be slow, don't be in a rush. If it's the first time and you're nervous, go to the shower, the hot water is going to relax you, I mean, you feel confident, and it's going to make you not worry so much about blood stains or something. So you take your time. Um, it's going to take a few times to get used to it, but then I promise you'll become a menstrual cup ninja, a ruby cup ninja, and you'll want to change anywhere. What you do is you take the cup, you fold it, you put it inside your body, and you'll feel it pop open. You feel it open, it doesn't pop, but you know, you feel yeah. that cup open. Uh, you will know it's placed correctly when you cannot feel it. It is completely normal if the first few times you say, oh, I can still feel it, or it's too high, or it's too down, or the stem is bothering me a bit. It is completely normal. You'll get the hang of it with practice. Cool. I want to add, she said, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying you cannot feel it 
vaginally, you should still not with your fingers. Like you would still be able to reach up and touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like hands free, you shouldn't feel it down there. Exactly. What I mean, okay. it's like, no, sorry, that, that wasn't very clear. No, you cannot feel it with your fingers as you yeah. insert it. But the moment that you, you say you're, you're hands free and you cannot feel that you are wearing it. Okay. That's, if you feel like, oh, I can feel the stem a bit, or it feels a bit uncomfortable, it's probably because it's not placed in the in the perfect place for you. But now you shouldn't like push it. I mean, it's fine if if you push it higher. I want to emphasize it's not going to get it's not going to get lost in your body. Yeah. But um, but it's going to be easier for you if it doesn't go all the way up. So anyway, right. you put it open, and then all you need all you need to do is um. I'll say the first few times you use it, have it on for have it in uh, for about the same time you have your tampon or your pad, because a ruby cup has around twice to three times the capacity of a regular tampon or pad, meaning that you can probably wait for much longer than a tampon safely. But as we are testing, don't maybe don't have it full to the full to the brim on the on the first few times mm -hmm. so when you're ready to change it again the first few times don't do it in a rush try to do when you are relaxed and, and comfortable and just reach the base of the cup with your fingers and pinch which will bring the suction and slow it to the cup yes. empty it in the bathroom and just you can rinse it with water if you want or you can wipe it with paper if you want but it's also completely safe to just reinsert it in your body because your blood is clean it's fine there's nothing wrong with it yeah um and yeah and i make it sound very complicated and like many 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 steps but i promise you that the first few times you feel like okay i'm going to do this thing and then you get used to it and it's the easiest thing and i, I change in public bathrooms now you know like everywhere and it's not yeah. that difficult and also because you can wear it for much longer than a tampon or a pad uh, usually means that you only have to empty it at the end of the day mm -hmm. yeah yeah like you said it's so much more comfortable to me but the first like couple of times I did it I def the first time I did it I definitely, I remember laying on the couch and then all of a sudden I felt a ton of blood and I was like, oh no, and it did. And I had, but it's cause I put it in incorrectly. And so, and that was my first time trying it. And I think that I put it up way too high and then yeah. it was maybe like tilted a little bit or something. Yeah. It wasn't suctioned correctly, but also like your point, I, cause this is another thing that I've seen on the internet. It's, you can't, it's not going to get lost. You have your cervix in the way. So it's a literally your vaginal canal is just a tunnel up to your cervix. It can't get past your cervix. It's yeah. literally just further up there and you're going to have to reach further up. It's not going to get lost. Um, but yes, to your point, like I, you just have to play with it. And the first couple of times it might yeah. be a little weird. You might want to wear period underwear with it or a pad or a liner the first couple of times until you get used to it. But then once you get used to it, it is so easy. I change it at the gym. I change it when I'm out. Exactly. Like I don't worry about it. Sometimes I forget I'm even like menstruating because it's, it, I can't feel it there. Even on like my heaviest days, it'll be completely full and I change it and I'm like, huh, this is great. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I wasn't leaking or anything. Like it's great. No, it's fantastic. Once you get the hang of it, it's because we, um, everyone's cervix 
has an even height and our it also changes with our cycle but once you get the hang of where to place it so it works for you it's the comfiest thing and another tip and actually i learned this like quite recently talking to many users when you are inserting the cap don't don't point towards don't point towards your head point towards your tailbone Mm, okay. Because that's going to make it like go, you know, it's going to avoid that tilting we're talking about. Sometimes a bit too high, and and then it can leak a bit. But uh, that's a very good tip. And as I said, like it sounds like there are so many steps that really once you get hot, the the hang of it, and and you see how comfy it is. As you say, like after the gym, you can change anywhere, and you have to be carrying things around. It's just, I think it's great. Like I could yeah. not go back. Like since yeah. really hang hard. <laughs> And that's the other thing is too, when you like take it out in between, like during the duration of your period, you can either just rinse it off if you want, or you can just kind of wipe it off and put it back in. You don't have to like leave the stall to go clean it in the sink to come back in. You can just wipe it off and put it back in. You're good. I do. And I don't know, maybe this is correct. Maybe it's not before my period starts. And after I do boil it to like sanitize it. Is that what you recommend? Yeah, I always recommend that in between periods, either after your period or before your period starts, like boil it for five minutes. Yeah. Um, that said, um, don't, I mean, this is like for extra safety, but uh, do not overboil it too often because once again, this is something I do with my first cup. Basically, I start boiling and walk away and do something else and leave it boil for like 20 minutes or something. And it's fine. Nothing bad is going to happen, but it's going to make your cup last way like it won't last 10 years because okay. the will gets so soft, it won't have that bounciness anymore. So just boil it for three to five minutes once a month and, and it's going to be great. And if you look after it, it's going to, to look after you for 10 years. So definitely, yeah. So I've actually actually done this twice on accident. I put it in to boil it, walked away, started working or something, forgot mm-hmm. it was there, boiled all the water out of the pot. <laughs> It, it like hardened and cracked in half. And I was like, man, this is the second time I've done that. Yes, so now you I and have- me both. You and me both yeah. have that. It happens to everyone. So, you know, it happens. Don't, yeah. But uh, yeah, three minutes, put the timer on. Don't forget about yes. it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All righty. Well, the last question that we have for today is somebody did ask about, they have a very heavy flow and they mm-hmm. wanted to know like, will this hold my flow for 12 hours and, or will it cause leaking like tampons do? Okay. So basically if the cap gets full, um, because the section is going to take some time for it to start overflowing, it can happen. You know, you have Mm -hmm. a very, very heavy, um, uh, period, uh, you may have to empty it more often than every eight or 12 hours. Maybe you have to do it every four or five hours. But the reason why I recommend you do it more often is that if even if it holds the blood in place, so to speak, because it's like plugging the way, so to speak, when you take it out, if there's so much blood there, it's going to be really messy. It's going to be very difficult to take it out without spilling it all over. Yeah. It's going to be so, so full. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation is if you have a very just thing if you have a very heavy period and you have to change every two to three hours uh when you use a, a pad or a tampon you can probably go double with the cap um but yeah if it's very very heavy it might not see you through 
eight hours uh, on your heaviest day. So just you know, test it, test it. Because right. also sometimes when we see the blood in our cup, we are surprised at how it's not that much blood at all. After all, did it happen to yeah. you? Oh my god, it's so heavy! I have so much blood. And then when I saw the cup, I was oh okay, this yes, blood. Yeah, so remain open-minded it may not be as heavy as you think and definitely if you have a heavy period then really really consider cups because you're going to have to change in this case empty like half the times you have to change tampons and pads yeah. so it's going to be like much easier even if it's not for like eight full eight or 12 hours yeah and that that goes back to like what we talked about earlier with how they're doing more research to show that tampons don't actually absorb blood that well. So if you yeah. are somebody that's having a super heavy flow and we're seeing tampons aren't actually absorbing it. And that's why you're getting a lot of leakage because it's like, once the outer coating of the tampon is covered, you're going to start leaking out. If you have a heavy flow with the cup, the, I have like two days of decently heavy and mm -hmm. I would be like super crampy. And I'm like, this thing's going to be full half the, through half the day. And yeah. I pull it out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, Wait, hi. that's like a teaspoon of blood. <laughs> like That's like not yeah. that much at all. So I do think that if you, uh, you know, making sure you're inserting correctly and not like you kind of have leakage if you insert improperly, but I think that the cup, like you said, would hold much more and people that have heavier flow may find more relief with leakage with a cup because it's actually holding their blood instead of the tampon not actually absorbing yeah. the flow that they're having. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think especially for people with heavy, heavy periods, I think the cup is even more of a of a godsend because it has so much more capacity. And yeah, as I said, like it can hold up even if it's full it can hold the four together a bit longer it's just that then when you remove it if there is so much blood like this has happened to me once again very graphic like as you say i forgot to have my period and i was at the end of this like, oh my cup and then when i went to to empty it like yeah all the blood came out so it was a bit messy in the bathroom but again maybe better to be able to know when it's going to be messy in your own bathroom to have a mess all over yourself in the middle of work yeah. or whatever. But yeah, yeah, definitely try it out. We have two sizes, a small and medium. Um, I am uh, I am 42, I've had two kids and I have normal to heavy periods and I use a small one. I okay. think if the person has a question, tries the, the, the medium one, they're going to find it really works for them. And as I said, like, Four months money back warranty. They can try for three to four cycles, and and if it doesn't work, like can send it back. So, okay, Bye. awesome. Yeah, I love that. Well, do you have anything else that you want to add or discuss? Yes, I'll okay. just like um, ask everyone that's listening to this lovely chat. Thanks so much for having us and having me today here. Um, to really to to pause and think about your periods and how you feel about them and. If, if they're making you feel not so good about yourself for a few days uh, a month, why is that? How they could be comfier? Um, is, is it anything about, you know, your PMS or your period that is making you feel unhappy or sad? Just reach out and talk to people because very often many um, discomforts we experience before doing our period have very often very wholesome solutions could be yoga it could be talking to friends talking to your doctor changing period products and because we don't talk about periods we think that's what we have to sell our deal and we have to put up with it and it's really not 
is really not the case. Yeah. So yeah, I will invite you to do that. Yes, think for five minutes about how is my period, how do I experience it, um, and am I managing it in a way that is the best for me? Just do that and and talk to your friends about it. Like periods are cool. Periods are cool. Like a woman's <laughs> body is going a huge amount as as the cycle is every day of the month. Your body is doing something specific, precise, magical every day of the month. It's cool. So don't be ashamed of it. Be proud of it. It, it is cool. So yeah. where can the people find you? What's your website? Do you have social media? Yes. Where can people find um, you? We are at www.rubycap.com. And we are we have the same handle for Instagram. It's at rubycap. Um, we are, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I love a chat. Well, some Facebook and Pinterest and TikTok since quite recently so please check us out and get in touch and and try our products you have nothing to lose and let us know how you like them and, and tell us and if you are living in a situation or somewhere near you in your community people are struggling to access products we do have fantastic donation programs so get in touch and, and let's chat about it yes i love it well thank you so much for being here this was a great episode and i think it provided a lot of value for something that's like really shameful to talk about. So I loved how freely we could talk about this today. Thank you for having me. I really loved it. The time has flown by. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour already. I know, right? Well, thank you guys for listening and I will see you guys in next week's episode.